Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Brandon and Evan show. Number nine. Number nine. (laughs) We might not keep doing that, but we did the first nine, maybe the first ten, and then we'll yeah. move on. I, I kind of like that... doing the number, though, because then people can check back and they can kind of see how this has all progressed, you know what I mean? I suppose so, but <clears throat> I think the number would just be indicated on the, when they click on it Maybe, itself. maybe not, Evan. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's up to it's us. Like, you never know which one. It's like, just, it's like shuffle every single time someone clicks on one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today, we're going to talk about practical, uh, I guess, practical elements of like creativity, like persistence, hard work, things like that. How to actually, I don't know how to train yourself, how to, yeah. Um, and I, I it's actually funny cause now I, I just remember we, again, we spoke very briefly, like literally about 30 seconds about what we were going to talk about before we started. Yeah. Um, cause that's how we roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, we actually were, talking a little bit about that at the end of the last one, mm. uh, just in terms of, except we were looking at it from a different angle in terms of, you know, when, when inspiration comes to you, when the creative sort of force comes to you. And, you know, it's not like sometimes, yeah, something just, you're out doing something completely unrelated, living your life, and you get, get something that, that hits you. But that doesn't happen very often. And it certainly doesn't happen often enough mm-hmm. for you to basically <laughs> start building your, your career and building your craft around. Yeah, just inspiration alone. Yeah. Yeah, like, so uh, I guess this is really about uh, practice. Yeah. You know, this is about turning your, your discipline, your passion, your, whatever your creative focus is, focus is and and making it a practice in your life because that is so, that's one of the most important things about about making making it happen. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think uh you know, practice and persistence doing it over and over no matter how you feel is so important because if you only for example write when you feel inspired, then you know, what are you going to do on all those days where you don't feel inspired? And, wh- and, you know, I think that's why people get writer's block because writer's block, because they basically like, they only write when they're inspired. And so when they're not inspired, they're blocked and they don't know what to do. But if you write, regardless of how you feel, you stop getting blocked. And I think what, at least in my experience has been, you start to realize that you can start to generate inspiration. Now it might not be as much as like, those days where like, it's like God is speaking through or the universe has just like transferred your soul. But, um, you know, but still you can perform and you can get things done on a deadline. Yeah. And creativity I find often shows up when you do. Yeah. You know, like by making that deliberate thing. And, and I know sometimes I will stare at a screen. I'm working on, you know, I'm working on a script right now. And sometimes I'm just staring at the screen and I've got really not much that's landing on the page for about, you know, 10 minutes or so. 
But then... Just ten minutes, Evan? Maybe. <laughs> sometimes it can be longer. It can be longer, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll, and I'll wait, and sometimes it's just, it, you know, I'll, uh, it's dipping my toes into it a little bit. Like, yeah. like, oh, I'm not quite sure how exactly this is going to happen next. Maybe I have a bit of an idea, or maybe I'll go through what happened just before that. Right, have a look at it, mm-hmm. oh, and maybe like tweak this or that just to start getting my head back into it. Sure, getting myself back into it. But then eventually, I, after a little while, and I find it's actually gotten faster. Uh, there's less time where I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm gonna do, mm. quite, quite yet. It's, it happens a lot quicker now. But I've turned it into a practice, and it's something that um, it, it, we're talking practicality. This is something that I've I've taken from. Uh, my good co-host here, Mr. Brandon Colby Cook. <laughs> oh yeah, what's that? Which is that uh, the minimum half an hour. Oh yeah, minimum. Sit half down, an minimum hour. half half an hour. Yeah, you to know, right, and it's great, and and it's such a stupid like it, it. You almost want to completely dismiss it. It seems like such an like way too simple to work, but it does. Yeah, it works extraordinarily well. Set yourself a timer for thirty minutes. And I start off by doing a journal, a bit of a like stream of thought journal, maybe takes me about 10 minutes. Yeah. And then when I get to the page, you know, I think that off, that really helps as well in terms of getting into it. But, you know, and then by the time that half an hour is done, I'm usually in the middle of a scene and I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop now. Yeah. My timer has gone off and I'm just like, but. You I have momentum. I've, I've got momentum, so I'm just going to keep going. Next thing you know, you've just written for, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, and you can stop at the half hour if you want. But the you thing can. is, is that a lot of time you find that, hey, I just got into it. I got inspired. I'm actually interested to ask you about the journaling and, and where that came from. Because for me, I, I, I do the same thing. I journal first and I, I just get some thoughts out and then I start writing and I do that every day. And uh, one thing it does is it's nice because it clears all my thoughts and I get to kind of talk about for myself, to myself, about what I want to do in the future, what I'm, what's current in my life, what just happened yesterday or earlier today. And um, yeah, and uh, I find that that's really helpful. But one, the reason why I started that originally was because before I really knew how to write consistently and always perform as a writer, I used to have like fears and doubts come up where I would like basically be like, I don't know if anything I'm writing is going to be any good or I don't have anything to write today or everything I write is going to be crap or you're a terrible writer. Who are you kidding? You know, (laughs) it just like it could get worse. Yeah. And this is all going on in my head. And so I thought, you know, okay, I'm going to take this beast. And I actually, I don't know if I came up with this. I think someone kind of pushed me in this direction somewhere along the line, but I decided, okay, take this beast and basically write it out and just let's see what it looks like on paper. And once I started writing out all these thoughts, you're not a good writer, you're not this, you're whatever. This is, and it's not like, not that this is so, but this is how I feel. Once I looked at it all, I was like, that's pretty silly. And then I was like, it was like clear, it was like done and I could just write. And I was like, it looks small and insignificant, but while it was in my head, it seemed like this big, massive thing. So I think journaling or writing out the beast, as I call it beforehand, can be really helpful. Yeah. I I mean, I think that any, like any human being would benefit from journaling. But I think if you're a person who's in a, uh, a creative discipline, doesn't matter if it's writing or not. I think journaling is such a useful thing to do. And I started turning that into a practice 
from after reading, or I guess not after reading, but during the reading of Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. Because mm. uh, she has a few things that are ongoing things, and one of them is she calls Morning Pages. Yeah. And it's basically stream of, of consciousness writing mm-hmm. and that you ideally do in the morning. Doesn't always happen in the morning, you know, but I still do it. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I, I, it makes sense for me to do it, I will sit down and it becomes part of my half hour of writing. And yeah, there is something about just getting those things out because it's not like those thoughts go go away like like I don't even know what I'm doing this is this is garbage I mean it's the creative process is not necessarily an easy one yeah uh we talked about that last week I mean if it was easy everybody would do it yeah uh but it's a great way of confronting it Mm -hmm. you know and like I said like seeing it on the page and you know uh, probably just the other day I was running like oh god I don't I don't want to, I don't want to open up the script, Yeah, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. do it. And then I open it and then I actually get to it. And next thing you know, I've, you know, banged out a couple of scenes and I'm like, Hey, that's, I think these are pretty good. I think yeah. <laughs> not no, too bad. I totally relate to that. You know, and I think, uh, I don't think it just, um, pertains to writing either. I think if you're an actor or a filmmaker or whatever, or just an artist, I think it's good to write out your thoughts because there's something about getting, getting them out of your mind and once you can see them and they're like like a thing, you see that they're small. And I think, well, they're in your head. I don't know what it is about when thoughts are still in your mind, but they're more consuming. They seem bigger. And you don't really have a handle on them so much. At least, I find that's pretty common with people, you know? And I know it is with myself. And so sometimes just getting that stuff out. But I found that actually after what I call this exercise, like writing out the beast, after doing that, like enough times I found that I don't really I don't even have those doubts about writing anymore I just I just know I'm gonna write something good yeah it's like and you know what it's not that I'm not even the best writer out there but I but I have a consistency because after getting rid of those fears I'm not tortured by that beast anymore you know what I mean like it's kind of like you almost get sick of it you kind of get bored of it you're like I don't want to write this anymore like yeah and I and you've proved it wrong enough times that you're like I know it's not true so it doesn't really hold any weight anymore yeah, it's like even if it if it pops up in there and you're like, yeah, but I don't know, I've I've done this enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you've yeah, exactly. You've proven it to yourself right. to to a degree. You have it instills it's it it's almost a tempering of your will, you know, and your and your own understanding of yourself in what you do. Totally. And you know, I think what's really good about this conversation too is um for people to understand that and I mean, it's a good reminder for me is that everybody has fears. Everybody has doubts. Everybody feels like they're not good enough. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be valuable. And everybody has a whole slew of reasons why they're not lovable, not valuable, not good enough, not worth it, not going to have what they want, um, aren't able to perform today, blah, 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 blah. And so I think that if, if we all realize we're all scared this way and this is all going on, we all we need to do is have, and you know, like this talk, have practical ways to deal with this stuff. And then you have practical ways and then you can kind of move on. Right? And, you know, the thing is, is that when you look at most people who have, you know, achieved any level sort of, you know, what we quote unquote success sure. in their creative field. I mean, they're really the biggest thing. Like everyone thinks we, we have this and it is an illusion. We have this illusion that, oh, this person just has... Like they have more talent than us. They're just smarter than us. They're just so, they're just 
better people than we are. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, no, they're just people who have their thoughts and perspectives and opinions just like you do. But they were just more disciplined mm-hmm. in, in putting it out there, more like just willing to, to face the same fears that you go through. Yeah. And just say, I'm going to do it anyway. Right. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. And doing that every single day. Right. Despite it all. Yeah. And that's the big thing that I've noticed from a lot of like these stories of, of how a lot of creatives have gotten their start. That's, that's what they did. They just did it. Yeah, they did it. Well, and I think that's, you know, that I think, you know, we can talk, you know, in a lot of our podcasts, we've been talking about theme, we've been talking about this, that, whatever. And I think we can talk about all of this, but at the end of the day, you know, with all this theory and whatever, we got to, we, at a certain point, we got to get down and we got to get in the ditch and we got to do the work, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, it doesn't just go for, you know, it doesn't just go for writing. It can go for filmmaking, go for acting, go for whatever. But like, when I think of like, you want to be a filmmaker every day, get out there with your camera and take some photos of something like have a, have at least like, I don't know, three photos, five photos, 10 photos, 30 photos. I don't know what it is, Yeah. but do a certain amount of photos of things so that you can start to get composition. You can start to get lighting you can start to get stuff. Read your book on filmmaking, on camera work, on whatever, go out there if you want to, especially if you want to be a cinematographer and practice it and try it out. If you want to be an actor, you know, you're going to obviously need to have emotional range. Start to try, spend, just spend some time. You might be, you might be totally suck at it at first, but get emotionally in touch with yourself, you know, try to figure out what triggers you, what upsets you, what makes you happy, whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could probably share some stuff on all this. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, and, and there's not necessarily a one size fits all practice for everybody. That's my big thing is, is always like find a practice that works for you. Yeah. You know, absolutely take, try things that people have, have tried, tried writing like in the way that, that we have, if that sounds like something that you would, you could grab onto. The important thing is that you do something specific, mm-hmm. set a specific goal for yourself and make it a practice. And that means something that you're doing like if not every day, almost every single day. Yeah. You know, maybe you give yourself a day of like where you're not, where you haven't made an obligation to yourself to do it, but you might still do it anyhow. Yeah. Right. But start with something like for me, the half an hour of writing a day was, that that was an easy thing for me to grab onto. Um, So you can find a thing if you're, if you're an actor, maybe you're practicing a monologue. Every, and maybe you just start off with 10 minutes. Yeah. You f- there's a monologue you like and you work on it for 10 minutes a day. Yeah. And you start there. Just start there. You know, if you're, a f- I don't know, if you're a filmmaker. Sure. Like I mean, you're like, what, like you can play around with your camera, play start, around with your camera, try, yeah. try some effects on it. You know, if you're an editor, go on your computer and try using some filters, try cutting a scene in a way that you would never cut it. You know, try things like you know, and I think that's the thing is we got to try and we got to be willing to fail and we got to, you know, and, and there is no right way to do it. And no one's going to teach you this in school. And I think this is the stuff where if you really want to be exceptional. And I mean, you said earlier, like we look at these people, like they're so talented and they're so special and they're so whatever. Most of these people, you know, they, they either, they did it because they were consciously aware that they were going to put the practice in to try and advance themselves or probably most likely they just loved it so much. They just were so curious. They kept wanting to try new stuff. And because they did that, they earned skills 
that people who didn't follow that curiosity or give themselves permission never develop. Yeah, and I mean, they're not any more or less talented or gifted than than you are. Well, and I think, you know, you start to realize it isn't really about that. Like, you know, I spent most of my career, uh, I would say, really focused on acting, especially through my 20s. You know, acting, acting, acting. Everything was acting. I did films. I, you know, I was a filmmaker. I wrote scripts. I did some producing, but I just wanted to act. And then, you know, it was probably the last, like, I don't know, five or six years or whatever, where I started to realize, you know what? Actually, my number one love is writing and screenwriting and storytelling. And I kind of fought this for a real long time. I said, no, I'm supposed to be an actor. Acting's what I want to do. Now, I'm not going to necessarily stop acting. But I realized that I would say that I am succeeding really well in, in screenwriting, probably because for me, naturally, I enjoy it. It's like, it's something that I am drawn to regardless. Like, you know, people don't even have to pay me money. I'll still write, you know? Like, if they said, you'll never make another dollar writing again or... I don't know who's they or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, okay, but I mean, cool. that's just to just to take a little like hold hold sure, on to that okay. because just to take a little sort of detour here for a second. I mean, that's but that's that's actually what our minds do. That's actually what we, what we tell ourselves. You know, like we actually tell ourselves these stories in our head that there is some there is some force out there that's that's just going to tell us no. Right. Like some ambiguous figure that just hates us <laughs> <laughs> and what is just going to hate us and what we do. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's actually a little bit psychotic, Yeah. No, <laughs> but totally. we all do it to ourselves, especially like people in creative fields. Well, it's kind of like, uh, I think of it like an existential thing almost like, cause it's really just you. It's almost like a projection of you looking at yourself from some idea of how you see the world judging yourself but through your own filter like it's it's totally messed up like if, yeah like i don't know if anyone understood what i just said but really if you think about it you're the hardest person on yourself you're your own worst enemy and if you could just remove looking at yourself that way and you could start to look at yourself in a really gray light you would probably have the whole world open up to you because i mean basically um you know and, and I, I've mentioned this a few other podcasts. And I've been reading a, a lot of Tony Robbins recently. It's just, I've been recapping some stuff. But, um, you know, he talks a lot about, you know, positive self-talk and negative self-talk. And and um, if I can, I'll share a brief little story. Yeah. And maybe I'll go into this more another day. But, you know, <clears throat> I remember when, uh, my, so my dad was a self-made millionaire. Came from nothing, made his millions. He lost everything when I was about 15. And I remember we went from living in a mansion to living in a trailer park. And he was so upset. I mean, he was so down. He was so defeated. You know, he was in his 40s. He had lost everything he ever earned. And, you know, and basically he was super down and depressed and he didn't know what to do. And, uh, and we would listen to Tony Robbins together. And, and he actually since then has made back his millions. But, you know, I remember it was all about changing your mind. It was all about starting to to see things positively, use words of power, you know, and, you know, he used to say to me, like, I want you to imagine, you know, you reach into your pockets and there's so much cash in your pockets that it just spills out. You don't even have places to put it. Like, think like that. And you know what? It's crazy because when you do that, it's like, it, it is amazing. Like, like money, like comes to your life in ways that you don't even expect because the way you look at it, and, and one of the words he taught me is like, just never use the word can't. Just don't use it. He's like, it always, 
is uh, it's always an expression of your ability and not your will. And he, and he would always say, you know, you will not or you will. It's not that you can't or you cannot. It's just that, you know, you want to meet up at 7 o'clock tonight? It's not that I can't. It's that I won't because something else is more important to me right now. And if you can say won't, that's power. You know, and, and it's, it's also like these words we use, the way we talk to ourselves. Anyway. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and a lot of times we're not even aware of it. No. And, and a lot of, and I think part of what we, what we're doing, part of the reason for this, the doing this whole podcast is that, um, we're trying to shed the light of awareness mm-hmm. on a lot of things because it's like, until you know what you're up against, you know, you, you don't necessarily know know that you have to do something about it. You don't necessarily know what you can do about it until you're aware that it's there. Yeah. So, and I think that, you know, as uh, another note is like, we're not the ultimate authorities on all this either. Like we are in process ourselves. I learn every single day. I'm always growing and I know I'm in my own way right now in certain ways. I know that. And I talk to my mentors about it and they help me through it, you know? So, and they have things that they don't know yet. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like nobody nobody really knows anything. No. You know, like we've, <laughs> we figure a few things out along yeah. the way, we but get some working practical things that we do. And that's kind of <laughs> what we're talking about. Yeah. And we, we can share those practical ideas. They're not necessarily the best, but they've worked. So let's share them. And if you come up with something better, by all means, yeah. you know, and I think the important thing to do is as we're talking about, you know, we're, we're getting it, we'll talk more about specific practices that you might want to try doing but the thing is is that you choose to do it yeah you choose to do it and in my experience the best thing to choose is something that almost seems laughably easy yes i agree do something that's laughably easy um a great and favorite author of mine is uh is dan millman and you know he in in one of his books he says you know it's if you like, for instance, if you want to start a meditation practice, it's better if you did it for one minute every single day than if you did it for one hour once a week. Interesting. You know, like just like it's it's better to just because it's about creating uh, a change in your mind that says like, okay, I am setting aside time every single day to do this. And it, and that's what actually starts a shift Right. is a day, is that daily day-to-day practice. Just keep doing it, keep doing it. Cause the thing is, is that, you know, maybe you do just start with that one minute, but then eventually you're going to get so used to setting aside that time. You're going to, oh, maybe I'll do five minutes. Yeah. Maybe I'll do 10 minutes. Maybe I'll do half an hour. Yeah. Right. Like it, it's like, so start with something like, and choose to do it like, and, and do it like sooner then later. Yeah. Do it today. I do mean, it today. Do something today. Do something after you listen to this podcast. I mean, like, like don't wait till tomorrow. I think tomorrow is, um, it can be one of the worst words in the vocabulary because you know, how many times do you say, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. And it's like tomorrow comes and it's a different feeling and it's a different day and you're a different person in a sense. Yeah. So, you know, you need to be the person you want to be right now. And you, and you know, whatever that is, if it's come, if you know, if people are on the other side of this and they're listening, I would say just jot down what you're going to do once this is done. Just do it yeah. now. Jot that down and commit to doing that. Yeah. Because and, and if you just, are listening to this, yeah, 
there's and there's a good chance that you're just suddenly feeling like like oh, oh like you're feeling this yeah. sense of like panic and I dread. Don't like, do anything. Oh wait, no, 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 I will, but I will start tomorrow. I will start start tomorrow. It's like yeah. no, just do something today. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be earth shattering. Yeah, you know because it's it's just a small shift, because a small shift can move a mountain. Totally. Down down the road. So just like... Make a mountain down the road. A mountain down the road. <laughs> well, I, mean, I'm not, I don't know if I'm as good as, uh, at the metaphors I, I, as you, Brandon. Is that an analogy or a metaphor? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good one. <laughs> a mountain down a road. Um, I'm, I'm just plugging it. But uh, no, I mean, I think, you know, other thing that I would say is if you're going to do this practice, whatever you're going to do, is to get people in your life enrolled in the idea. You know, like everybody who knows me knows I write every day and I get them enrolled and I say, you know what, guys, I got to stop and I'm going to go write. And people are like, okay, Brand's going to write and they talk about it. And when I go to parties, people introduce me as the guy that's written for 1200 X amount of days in a row, you know, like I'm that guy. Right. And like that is a, a badge of honor. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because I mean, I think anyone can recognize there's there's an amazing degree of discipline and self-mastery that that shows right you know and th- but it it doesn't even it's not even that it's hard not about that either it, yeah it's like it's it's just making a committed decision no yeah it is it's just about making a committed decision and it's about you know that i think where the real turn for me happened was when i realized and you know this is partly from the artist's way it was something i remembered from that book, but I don't remember what specifically it was, but the point I got from it was that you needed to take yourself out on dates. You needed to almost kind of like make yourself as important as you would someone else, right? And I realized that setting aside some time to write and read every day for me is, is kind of a date with me. You know, it's a date with, um, and I know that sounds silly, but the thing is, is that I really honor that time. I'm like, no, I'm, I am important enough that the world can stop for me for an hour and I can do my thing for me, you know? And I think that so many times people will say, oh, I don't have time, I'm so busy, I'm so whatever. Well, I'll tell you something. If it's 3 a.m., I've been on set for 18 hours and I gotta get up at like a 6 a.m. call time, like three hours of sleep, I will still write. I don't, it, it doesn't matter. Because the way I look at it is I actually value it to the point where that hour, at least an hour, is is more important than anything else in the world. Anything. It is... Because, and it's not an ego thing, it's simply about, I want to be someone who values myself enough to, and, and the world will stop for me, because I will stop it, you know? Yeah, right? You will make the time, and the thing is, and there's so many, there's so many great payoffs from, from doing it, because there's nothing superhuman about what you're doing. I think that's, that's yeah. what people need to realize, is there's nothing, like, it's extraordinary in how sort of unextraordinary it is yes it's so simple it's such a, it's so simple um i had a point here i had <laughs> i had a direction that i was going I to take this maybe it's complexity like i think sometimes we think to be really talented to, to have these abilities is we got to make things complex we got to figure out some conundrum or solve some problem oh well okay sorry it just came back to me okay um, it's all right that. yeah no it wasn't that it was <laughs> but not we'll that we'll talk about that later uh, <laughs> but it was um it's, if you can, if you just like start with some, like getting back, starting with somewhere and today with something small 
and, and turning something into a daily practice for yourself. I found that by when I, when I don't, when I miss on the things that I like to do for myself, like reading and writing and, and playing guitar and whatever, like I've turned it into a whole sort of routine in my day. Right. You know, I play guitar first, like I'll do like a, a little video lesson. I'll watch like a thing. I'll learn something new because this is a little brain hack that I actually do because I know that, um, playing an instrument actually, um, engages both the left and the right side of your brain. Like it lights up your whole brain. Oh wow. And then I get to writing and I'm just like, and it really helps to like get things cranking. Um, so this is like a little sort of routine and discipline that I have crafted for myself. Hmm. Uh, and it's not a very difficult thing. It could be, it's maybe an hour. Yeah. Maybe less, maybe more. Right. But I have that commitment that I follow through on. If I miss something in the things that I've set out for myself to do, because nobody's told me to do these things. These are things that I've chosen to do for myself, but following through on those things every single day. I know what you mean when like the thought of missing it, it's like, I, you just go like, Oh, like I've just cheated myself. Mm-hmm. I've just cheated myself out of it. But following through on it will give you builds a kind of a confidence and a courage in you to move forward. Yeah. And th- that's one of these weird sort of little payoffs that that has come out of this for me personally, where it's just like, oh, like I've seen I I've just shown my own willpower to myself. Mm-hmm. My will to get this done. Like and that's why what you're saying made me think of this because it's like, yeah, like you're coming home at like three three in the morning, but you're still doing it. Yeah. You know, you still said like I'm going to commit to doing this thing. And it's and it's a very empowering thing to do. Yeah, you know that nobody even sees. <laughs> you know, I think and and this is something that I and it's a good reminder even just remembering this, but I have found that when you're connected enough to something, sleep doesn't really seem to be an issue anymore. When I'm very disconnected, I know this for myself, when I'm not really connected to my life so much, I really feel like I need a lot of sleep. I really feel like, you know, I I start telling myself the story that I'm tired and whatever. But um, I have found that when I'm so connected to something, I, I start to realize like, wow, you know what? I don't actually need as much sleep as I thought. I actually function quite well with a lot less. And I think what ends up happening is there's, there's something that gets unlocked inside of me when I get connected to something where it's like, there's an energy resource somewhere in there or something. And it's like, it's like in, it's like fueling my body and, and people wouldn't even know. They wouldn't even know that I'm tired. You know what I mean? Like, because it, but there's other days where I'm not connected and I try to do less sleep, but without that connection, it doesn't work quite as well. But I find that, you know, just making that time for yourself helps you to be, helps me to be, I should say, helps me to be a lot more connected and yeah, just be able to perform better and do more in life, you know? And, um, and when I'm having conversations with people, for example, it gives me something where I can go, you know, I did that. And I can always remind myself of that. If I'm ever doubting myself or not feeling valuable, I can always go, yeah, I do this thing. You know, I, I, got, I do this thing well. I do it consistently. I show up for myself. And it gives a certain amount of like, yeah, I do that. And I'm valid and I'm valuable. Because, you know, well, I don't know if you've had this experience, but 
being across from like multi-million dollar producers, you know, um, big name actors or whoever. And, you know, it's pretty easy to get kind of like starstruck or kind of be like, well, I don't know if I belong in this room or at this table. And then, you know, and then someone at the table says, you know, Brandon's written for over 1200 days in a row. And everyone's like, wow. And it's like, wow, these people are saying wow to me. Like, that's right. I bring something to the table. I might not have the multiple millions of dollars at this point that I can flash around like them or the flashy suit necessarily. But I got, you know, I got something else I bring to the table and that's why I'm there. So anyway, that was my point, right? Yeah, no, I th and I think, <laughs> yeah, I think that's wonderful. And it also goes to show it's like, you know, these, this also, these sort of perception, especially if you're, if you are somebody who doesn't have, you know, multiple millions of dollars. And if maybe you are a person who has multi, you know, millions of dollars sure. or whatever, who people sort of look at with like this sort of like awestruck, it's like, well, it's like, the, like you said, everybody brings something to the table and pe not everybody who's like, you know, we have these weird associations of people with money are dickheads for some reason. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. they're going to think that they're better than you, and they're going to look down on you, and it's just like, no, everybody, like, everybody's had their own, you know, taste of humble pie, as they like to say. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, I think that, you know, on that note, from the, the view of wealthy or whatever, I think that's, like, classism, and it's just something that's kind of not really gone out of our culture, and it's also part of certain ways that media looks at certain things. But to digress from that, I think, you know, you can have money, not have money, you can have whatever, but it's about investing in yourself. And, and you know, you either, you either invest your time or you spend your time. And I think you spend your time when you do it aimlessly and you, and you do it for no good reason, not for yourself other than just to, I don't know, try and block out your life, you know, that's spending it, you know, going and just spending money to feel better and doing that's all spending your time and your money. But, you know, if you invest your time, you take time out of your day to make a relationship better, to make your art better, to learn more, to grow, to see something new, to do something specific that is important to you. And anytime you do that, you've invested in yourself and you become better and that knowledge that you did that and the more consistently you do that is going to give you the confidence to be able to show up at the tables that you need to show up at in life where you'll get the opportunities from the people who have also showed up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's your, and it's your worth too. Like everybody has something of worth, mm -hmm. you know, like you, like everybody, like in just, I, I like this tangent that we've gone off on here. <laughs> this is very nice. Um, but it, it relates to practicability. Oh, absolutely. Right? But it's like you, so it's like you have something of worth. Everybody has something of worth and it's not up to you to judge, to judge it. You know, if you're, if you're, for me, I think it's like, if you're doing something that, that you have a passion for, then you have something of worth to give in that area. I don't know necessarily what that is exactly, but you probably have something. So you need to start somewhere. Right. And you owe it to yourself to make what you do and what you're passionate about a practice. And then from there, put it out there, put what you have out there, because that's the next thing about it. Don't, you can't just keep it all to yourself. I mean, well, I mean, you can, <laughs> I suppose, <yeah. laughs> but I mean, eventually I people do, and yeah. they don't, they don't mean to, but, but eventually yeah. you have to cross that bridge. Yeah. Eventually you if, have to. 
if you want rewards for this stuff, at some point you got to put it out there. You know, you got to produce, you got to try it out, right? And I think, um, you know, I think pra- the beauty of practice is that you do it on such a small scale. I mean, practice is a place and a time where you get to make mistakes. Like when I'm writing on my own and I try writing a scene and it doesn't work out, no one ever saw that scene. I saw the scene, but no one ever saw it. And so all the mistakes that I made and all the, you know, whatever, and all the self-talk I had that might have been negative about the whole thing, I got to go through that. And, 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 and you know, there's kind of this thing where you get to go, you know what? No one ever has to see this. And then you write another scene, and it's a lot better because you learned those mistakes. But if you go and you write that scene on the big scale in front of everybody, that could be devastating, right? So I think that's why practice is so good, you know, it's like, do this on your own. Try some stuff. Make mistakes right now. And like, you know, so what if you made mistakes? Who cares? But the way that you're going out in the world, the what you're presenting, what you're showing, if it comes from a place of discipline and practice, chances are you're going to come up with something pretty solid because you have learned on your own, you know, at least from your own perception, what worked and what didn't. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You can you can hone it from with you, within your own knowledge. Yeah. And your own perception. And, you know, yes, you, when you put your work out there for others to see, you know, you, you do run the risk of receiving criticism, but you also run the risk of getting some really fantastic response as well. Yes. You know, like it's, uh, I remember when we did our, our, our read, our table read of, um, of the townsfolk, mm-hmm. our first one, which is, you know, before we went down to AFM. Yeah, before we went down first to time. AFM. And and I remember being excited but nervous about it, you know, like when, when that happened and everybody was, was going through it. And, you know, certainly there, like, we, we received some feedback at the end, which was which was very valuable, mm-hmm. certainly. And, you know, again, you, you weigh it against yourself, any criticism that you receive. You know, it's like, okay, is there something, is there something to that? Or perhaps there was some, like... Like, no, the, the criticism, you know, you have to be able to, to say, it's like, no, like the, I, I believe in this one part of it, even though it received some criticism, maybe I can clarify what I was trying to do with that more. Like, you know, there's never anything necessarily bad about it because you can, you can choose to take and leave it as you want. Mm-hmm. It's your choice. Yeah. Um, but you know, the feeling from, when you do get that laugh or when you do get that sort of like that buzz, like when people have this sort of buzz about what's, what's going on, you know, that's an, it's, that's an incredible sensation too, that if you don't put it out there, you, you miss out on that as well. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think also like, it doesn't matter if you, you know, if you put something out in the world and everybody hates it and they think it's just crap. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I mean, you know, one, like, Making mistakes is not a problem. I mean, as as devastating as we've learned it is, you know, it's not. I mean, because if you come back with something, if you if you are willing to take those notes and come back and do something better, you know, people don't really care about what they didn't like, you know, for the most part. I mean, they, they usually get really excited about what they want. I mean, people, I think, really just, they they care about how things affect them. You know what I mean? So like if someone is really upset about your art or something, it's usually because they paid their, you know, 
$13 ticket in the movie and they went out and they're like, that was a piece of crap and it was like a waste of money. You know what I mean? It's like going to a play and you pay like $30 or $100 or $200 and it's crap. And you're like, that was hard earned money. And I went out and you guys did a terrible job. And they're like rightfully upset for that. You know what I mean? Because at that point, you're actually getting them to pay for something that, you know, you haven't really backed up. But so that's why I think it's good to learn and figure out those kinks before you're, you're charging. And then once you feel like, hey, I got kind of a base here, then you can go out and like people will pay for your stuff because, you know, like just so people know, like from a screenwriting point of view, you know, you, you get basically Writers Guild of Canada, Writers Guild of America, basically your base fee for a script just starting out is like 60K. So, you know, and you get a se- you get several script deal. I mean, you know, you're talking like quarter million dollar. You're looking like, you know, I mean, and plus that's just the base. Like, you know, so if you want to write and get paid that kind of money, like if you want to get paid a million dollars for a script, you got to start producing something that's worth a million dollars. Like on top of not just a million dollars, like if it's a million dollar script, that better be something that's going to make people multiple millions because a million is going to you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But I mean, and, and to get back to, you know, where we started, it, it all starts with making what you do a practice. Yeah. You know, something that you're actively engaged with, taking it beyond concept and beyond theory and turning it into application in some form. Right. So, uh, I don't know, do we want to talk about like a few more, like maybe some well, other specific things that we've come across along the way in terms of just like different, different things that people can do. Well, I think, yeah, I think we should, I, I think we talked a lot about writing and I think we got a lot of that out of the way. I think we should talk more about filmmaking and more about acting. All right. But before we get into that, I would like you to introduce our new oh, beer. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we've gone back to our good friends at 33 acres brewing in Vancouver, British Columbia along eighth Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Right over by Main Just, Street near Ontario. Yes, in indeed. Quebec. Yes, indeed. Uh, and this is their 33 acres of... Don't blank on me here. I might be blanking on you. I know it is a West Coast style pale ale. And it is... Ocean. Ocean. This 33 is... acres of ocean. So it is a West Coast pale ale... A little bit, uh, a little bit hoppier than your yeah. standard pale ale. That's what I was gonna say, but um, not not too strong. No, I like it. It's not a it's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean they they have a whole line of solid beers, and uh, you know, um, I think I think what's really amazing, you know, the the just the whole brewing culture. Um, at least what I've experienced so far in Vancouver, and I can't wait for us. I can hardly wait. I should say for us to venture out, you know, and go down into the States and go over to the island and stuff like that and try some of their beers as well. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think just starting out, we're just, but basically, I mean, this all just came from the fact that we would get together, we would have a beer, we would start our writing sessions with this conversation. And we started, you know, these conversations started turning into something that was kind of you know, we were like, man, like, this is a great conversation. I almost wish we had it recorded. And then we were like, wow, I almost wish people could have sat in on this just to hear some of this stuff. And who knows how 
great one conversation will be versus another, but we were like, yeah, you know, we should maybe think about doing a podcast. And then lo and behold, here we are drinking and, a beer, doing a podcast. And, and in terms of, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do, Brandon. I'm going to turn this right back around and slot this right back into our conversation today because we've turned that conversation into a practice. Yes, we have. We have because we get together once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Twice now. Twice now. Mm-hmm. And we do this podcast. We, we decided to do this and we found a way to make it happen. Yeah. And, uh, it's a great way to try a whole lot of beers. Yep. <laughs> and we're, and, but like we're, and we're putting this out there, you know, we're putting something, something that we are sort of creating on the fly. Yeah. Here out into the interwebs and, uh, people will probably not like us. <laughs> <laughs> Those pretentious assholes. Those pretentious artistic assholes. Uh, <laughs> But some people might actually like this. Yeah, some people might like it. And That's you know not what? for us to decide. <laughs> you know what? At the end of the day, I think you look at all this, and it's um, at the end of the day, we'll have a lot of conversations recorded, and and if it helps some someone out throughout the course of this, like it actually, I mean, I don't know. I, projectively, I think of myself when I was like seventeen, and if I had us talking about this stuff back then when I was just starting out, it would have been really helpful for me. So when I, when I think about these conversations, you know, I always think like, man, like how great would it be just to have some guys I could tune in and just kind of hear some thoughts about all this stuff? Because, you know, I like what, what I'll do is I'll go to the gym and I'll put a podcast on and I'll do a workout and I find a podcast lasts about exactly the length of my workout and it's great. I work out and I'm listening to a podcast instead of listening to music and like, uh, 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 whatever, it's like rock or I don't know, whatever, the, you know, great sound, right? That was, yeah, it was terrible. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a DJ. I'll work on that though. Practice. That's great. Skill. Yeah. One of the DJs. The little beatboxing. Yeah. Brandon, little... Brandon takes on beatboxing. <laughs> that could be an episode. Well, it could, it won't oh, be, I, I don't know no, if it, like, it will be like a minute. Or no, not even that. 20 seconds of an episode. And in fact, it's already done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, I think, um, I digress. I think the whole, the whole thing is, is we thought, yeah, it, you know what, if we are enjoying these conversations, maybe someone else will. And I, I, I you know, I, I look at it, I go, you know, I don't, I don't see myself as an authority on, on all these topics, but I do like discussing them and I like learning more about them. And every time we talk and I'm excited for us to have more guests on here too, who can bring more insight into these conversations, just add that little touch, you know, of, of their perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we could bring, bring more people in sooner or we could bring more people in later, you know, sooner or later, sooner or later. Um, <laughs> Maybe there's people on the on the podcast too who want you know want to come in and they want to be a guest. Yeah, right? absolutely. I'd yeah, be open I think to that. maybe they can write us and then we can uh, we can consider if we can bring them on board. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But for now, I I think that you know like because this is still we're still fairly early into into what this all is. Yeah, it's kind of just being born. It's just kind of and you know, uh, and so you know we've been we've been figuring this stuff out. You know between the two of us for the most part and, and exploring our conversations just, just amongst ourselves here. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm excited to 
start bringing more people into the fold. Yeah, and it'll be good. Um, okay, so so back to this whole thing about practicality, practice, discipline, all that. So I think well, let's talk about let's talk about acting, and maybe you can uh, maybe you can focus on that one a little bit more, and I'll focus a little bit more on the filmmaking side of things. And um, yeah, I think uh, I, I mean, and I, I, there's of course there's other art forms like there's you know being an artist or a painter of some sort, being a musician a magician, I don't know, you know, there's all sorts of things that people could do. I'm not an expert on any of that stuff, and those are the kind of people we could bring in, right? Yeah. But um, for the time being, I mean, we can talk a little bit for the filmmakers, we can talk a little bit for the actors, and maybe just things that we've picked up along the way that people could try to do, which would, you know, because I mean, I've heard so many actors say like, oh, well, you need two people, you know, and it's like, okay, well, that's true when you're in the scene. But it doesn't, you know, you don't need two people to learn to memorize lines. You don't need two people to read a script. You don't need two people to read a book on acting. You don't need two people to talk to an acting expert mentor or someone who's really succeeding. You know, you don't, so what's stopping us from doing the work we need to do every day? And what kind of excuses are we making? Or what options are we just not seeing that are available to us? You know, I'll, I'll share something about filmmaking. When I started at 16... And, you know, <laughs> my dad and I had, uh, my dad was going to get me a computer. I was 17. I couldn't afford it. Right? And my camcorder. But he said, no, you got to buy it yourself, which was probably the best thing he ever did for me. And I remember for a little while, I was like, well, I'm an artist without my paintbrush. You know? <laughs> 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 and so, um, you know, I was a little complaining little brat, right? And so then I realized, well, I'm not going to not not make film. I'm going to learn how to do this. So... I started going on and I bought books and I started reading about it. And then I grabbed a camera and I started doing some shots of things. And then I got my friends together and I was like, let's just try shooting this little thing. You know, and um, I made dolly tracks out of like, uh, what do you call that? Like white, you know, that white um, plastic. Oh, like PCP. Yeah. PCP pipes, right? I don't know if it's PCP because that's no. a drug. Yeah. <laughs> no, it isn't PCP. It's PC something. Yeah, yeah, P? yeah. I don't know. But it's something. But it's the white plastic. Anyway, whatever. We're not... It's not the drug. But yeah. anyway, you, and, you know, <laughs> took little, like, skateboard wheels and all that stuff and created a little dolly to make yeah. a shot, you know? And in the process, learned some technical skills. But the thing was, you do this stuff and you, and you, and you, and you build skills, you know, like... Um, the other thing too is sometimes, and I think if you're getting really antsy and you really want to get out there, like I remember, um, getting, uh, just getting people like, I'm like, who wants to make a film? Does anyone want to make a film? I just go around and be like, do you want to make a film? Do you want to make a film? Do you want to make a film? And then I found that people want to make films. And then I found like, why don't we all like, you know, like it wasn't even about who directed it. It was just like, let's just get this thing made. And it was like, what if we all threw in like, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, or whatever, let's just see if we could do something, and people were like, yeah, sure, I'll do that, and then we would get something made, we, you know, and we would learn, right, and we had fun, and, you know, did some of that stuff go anywhere, no, not necessarily, but the thing is, is what's the excuse, right, and I think, and what's 50 bucks, what's 50 bucks, <laughs> so those are ways in which I know you could be a filmmaker, so if you're, you know, if you're on the other end of this, and you're saying like, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't have a paintbrush, you know, I can't be an artist. Well, there's other ways to do it. You know, there's always, like, people have been in prison and been artists, you know. They figured things out. Like, they don't have access to everything. So, you know, we need to figure out with total freedom and liberty, 
you know, what can we do, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think sometimes it's like the matter that we have a choice in it all that that paralyzes people. Yeah. I think the fact that we have so much choice is part of the reason why we don't make a choice at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's important to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so yeah, getting getting back into into practice. Um, what about acting? Say, Maybe... Uh, acting, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I... I teach a very specific discipline, Meisner, um, and there's ways that you can practice that. But in terms of something well, that you can just do on your on your own, like things like and there's so many great ways that you can nourish yourself as an actor. Uh, you know, you can it can just be from reading a play. Always be be reading some kind of a play, and there's almost no excuse for that not to happen. Right. I mean, there's like, you can, you can go to a library, there's, or even a script, like there's, how many scripts are available, I mean, for writers too, you can go and you can read a script, Yeah. you know, learn it, learn a scene, learn a scene that you really love. If you're a writer, make friends with actors who are auditioning, because actors who are auditioning get scripts for the movies and television that they're going out for. And especially, not so much always for television these days, but definitely for movies, they can give you a script that hasn't been made yet that's usually not like an Oscar winner, but it's usually kind of crappy, but it's like on the lower end of like what's getting made, and this can be really good, so you can start to see like what kind of stuff's actually getting made. I mean, I think like so many screenwriters, you know, they go on to like scriptorama.com and they'll download like Goodwill Hunting and or The Departed and then they'll compare their script to one of those and they'll be like, oh my God, like I suck, right? And then if you look at the crap that's being made a lot of the time and you compare your writing to that, you might see, hey, you know what? I could be getting stuff made right now. It's <laughs> like, yeah, maybe like my script isn't as good as this. Yeah. But it's certainly better than this. Yes. At least I feel that way. And either way, you're getting, you know, you'll get story that you might not expect. Like, you'll get, um, you know, you'll get sci-fi stories, horror stories, action stories, uh, really cheeseball stories, you know. And you'll get all sorts of variations of cliche characters and whatnot. And I think, you know, that's a great way just to get access, you know. Or um, if you're a filmmaker or an actor, go and uh, take some of the scenes from these scripts that you aren't auditioning for or whatever and go and act them out with your friends. You know, there's uh, there's all sorts of things we could do, you know, and we could just do it regularly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose we're lear- le- working on a monologue. Right. Working on a monologue. Um, for actors, um, learn about uh, the things that, that n- mean something to you, like in terms of doing a preparation before you walk into a scene, you know, because it's so important, you know, for, for people who, who aren't necessarily of the acting, uh, acting vocation, (laughs) uh, you know, it's, it's, it's important for an actor to enter a scene with something going on, Hmm. some kind of life happening because, you know, it doesn't like, as they say, you know, as you learn very early on acting school, life doesn't simply begin once you've entered the scene, it's, it's been going on before you've walked into the scene. Yes. Um, and that could be good for new directors too. To, totally. To, to know as well. Um, you can, you can be working on, uh, on your instrument, uh, great exercise, uh, that, that I've learned and, and teach is, is literally fantasy. Okay. 
Go and have a fantasy. So okay. Uh, uh, so here's a little ten minute exercise that you can do with yourself um, that you can incorporate as a practice. If you make it daily, that's fantastic. Or if you make a commitment to do this at least, you know, three times a week or something, that that's also f- wonderful. Um, but you basically do two different sort of uh, emotional preparations. So and and set a timer. I think setting a timer seems so like such a great yeah. thing to always do. And we all have a phone. Yeah. That goes if you, <laughs> it's like if you don't have a phone, you can buy like an egg timer at a dollar store. Exactly. <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, um, I know someone on the other line. I only have a phone. It's like <laughs> It's like how are you listening to this right now? <laughs> you have something. Like, I downloaded this off some free website. <laughs> <laughs> like either way you know somehow yeah somehow you got a timer you can get a timer (laughs) it's the worst excuse i've heard (laughs) and we don't even know if anyone made it (laughs) but go okay so returning back to so then go into um you can do this you know i they say ideally in like a dark room dark quiet room you know where you're not going to be disturbed and Pick some sort of a a direction that you want to go into as far as uh, an emotion. Um, you know, not necessarily looking for any particular emotional result of anything, but try and explore darker and lighter themes. It's like, okay, you, I want to go in a joyful direction, or I want to go into an, into a direction of of hostility or something, and 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 just go and you lay down, you set a timer for for five minutes, and have some sort of a fantasy based on something in your life, like a, like a person. Don't, don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of using, of using real life traumas and, and -hmm. things that have gone on with you. Um, but use your imagination, you know, maybe you have some sort of a, you have some sort of a fantasy that, uh, Oh, I don't know. Like, if like, pick a pick a direction. Like, pick some sort well, of. Well, about say, um, you know, going on a date with the with your ideal partner. With or, your ideal partner, okay. Sure. And uh, okay, well, maybe that is Not unless best. you have unless you okay. have a have already someone who's your ideal partner. Okay. Or something. How about how about losing the person that you love the most? Losing. Okay, so you start off with that person, you know, and. And just in and just begin to see where your imagination could take you within that. Just like saying, like, okay, how how did this happen? Like what happened? Did, were was it was it a, a car accident? You know, and, and like were they just like going out of town for a couple of days and they were on the road? Maybe it was maybe it was a drunk driver. Like, you know, this is just me like yeah, starting to just think of this, off. just firing, start firing stuff off. See what's, see what lands with you. See yeah. what starts to hit you. And eventually you're going to find yourself going to a direction where like stuff is really starting to like come up for you. Mm-hmm. And it's specificity of it too, with this exercise, the more specific you get, like within your imagination, it, it can come down to, um, like for instance, I'll, I'll give you one. I, when I was going through really working on on preparation and, and what it was to come in the door with a full preparation in place. And, uh, I decided to go in, a, to go, to go in, a, <laughs> to go in a joyful direction. 33 acres, ladies and gentlemen. 33 um, acres. Well done, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and and uh, I decided to go into a direction of joy, which, as we discussed on the last podcast, is sometimes a more difficult thing to do. Yeah. And uh, and I did actually achieve it quite quite well. I I to have a real incredible joyful emotion like just going through me. And uh, I, and I'd gone in this fantasy of uh, meeting Neil Young, meeting Neil Young in a coffee shop, and uh, and in the fantasy, you know, we'd had a conversation, and just before he left, he turned around and said to me, "He's like, hey, I'm recording up, you know, like I'm recording up at my ranch." You know, I was like, would you want to come up for the weekend? And like, and it was just like, it was just like this whole thing. Like it was the way that he stopped and turned and looked at me, which none of this has ever happened. But it was that whole, it was that one image of him stopping and looking at and turning and looking back at me. Yeah. And suddenly I was just like, I was like, oh my God. Like, I was just like, this is, I was just, just so pumped. Yeah. I was just so stoked. And it was just, and, and it was purely like the, the element of truth in it is that, I love Neil Young. Right. And his music. Clearly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the rest was just a fantasy that I created. Right? Right. But it did something to me because my imagination can take me to places. And the thing is, is that your your emotional life, your emotional body doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imaginary. No. So, <laughs> which is also why it's a healthy way to work as well, in my opinion, and terms of, of doing of 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 acting and and an approach to it so yeah do two different ones and try two different dir- directions five minutes each so say it's like okay i'm gonna go in a joyful direction okay i'm gonna go in a more you know maybe a more melancholy direction not necessarily saying like okay i want it to be a blinding rage i want to go into a blinding rage but just like you know go go into just sort of a an area hmm. You know, don't try try to achieve a specific emotional result, but go into different areas of light and dark. Well, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing about acting, which I discovered several years back. Uh, maybe you, yeah, but I knew it for sure. Several years, it just really clicked in for me. Was um, about how you know sadness, and 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 if if you ever want to get really emotional in a scene, you, and a scene requires a lot of. Um, Emotion. Maybe you got to get the waterworks going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't go towards things that upset you or make you angry. Go towards the love. That's the most important thing because, you know, sadness is is essentially what I realized was a product of, it comes from the fact that, well, for the most part, unless you're like, you could, you know, whatever. There's variations. But for the most part, what we're, we're usually talking about is that you, it's a realization that you cannot do anything to change the circumstances. So for example, we often cry when someone dies because it's a realization at a certain point, once you've hit acceptance, that there's nothing I can do to bring this person back to life. They're dead. They're gone. I'll never see them again. It's over. You know. And so we have this type of defeat. And that's kind of what sadness is. That's a lot of the reason why we cry. Um, and so, you know, but if you try to tap into the loss, that's not going to work so much. You need to tap into how you love them. And the fact that you lost them is what creates the, the tears. And so I think like, also sometimes when people are working in the emotional realm, it's not always as obvious as you think, right? Like, um, if you wanted to get into a blinding rage, for example, don't try and talk about how you hate everybody. 
you know, in a sense, you know, you almost want to talk, you almost want to look for the fear because like, what is like anger really covering? It's covering the fact that you're scared, right? Like, you know, like I'm in a bar, guy pushes me, guy threatens my girlfriend, guy, whatever, you know, and I'm scared. Now I have to be the guy and I have to protect this person and whatever. Now my anger comes up in a sense, it's protective, you know? So if you look at what you're protecting, you can, you can get that anger to come up. So I think like, with emotion, if people start to understand emotion more, especially from the acting type of yeah. place, they can have so much access to all this stuff. Because, you know, I know a lot of actors who have been like, oh, I can't, you know, it's a scene where I got to cry or it's a scene where I got to get this emotional thing going. And it's like, I don't know how to do it. And it's like, you might, it might not be that you're not a good actor. It might not be that you're not emotionally available. It's just that you don't understand the psychology that actually accesses the emotion that you need to kind of like, and I'm not saying you're going to do this yeah. in the scene, but to prepare yourself, to train yourself to get connected to these things. Right? Well, for me, what I, I think it's, it's like, and, and it's interesting because yeah, there certainly is a psychology about it. For me, it's like, because everybody's so different. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there might be some common threads to, to, to certain things, but the important thing is, is starting to discover what has meaning to you. That's what this all happened. Like what, what the importance of the exercise is. It's like, okay, right. I'm starting to learn who I am and what truly has meaning to me. Mm. And, and that reflects in what makes you, what makes you upset, what makes you happy, what makes you, you know, this and that, but you have to, you have to start to explore that within yourself because only you no. can know. Yeah. <laughs> No one else can tell you that. That's why it's one of these areas of acting that's just like, it's, it's almost, you almost can't teach it. Yeah. Like you can, you can help to direct it, but at the end of the day, it comes down to you. You know, you, you're, you're right in that sense that, I mean, I think the most important thing is people are connected to what means a lot to them. And that's ultimately where all emotion comes from. You know, like, like, why does, like, <clears throat> I mean, someone could, someone died right now. Someone, it probably just happened, right? And Glenn Fry just died. Who? Glenn Fry. He was uh, one of the founding members of, uh, of the Eagles. Oh, okay. Um, one of the, one of their great songwriters. I actually, I, I threw on their album, well, I threw on Greatest Hits album on vinyl. Yeah. For all you hipsters out there. Well, um, and, you know, <laughs> and, so there's. And it just, and it did something to me. Right. It, I just, I actually just welled up last night just listening to, to the music, but anyhow. Continue. Well, and that's, and you know, that's, that's my point. So like right now, um, I'm not as connected to that. So there's not as much of an emotional impact for me because it doesn't mean as much to me, whereas it meant more to you. So you had more of an emotional impact. And I think like there's people in Africa who died or people in other parts of the world, we don't know. And we hear that they died and we don't have an emotional effect. So it's like, but some people will even yep. though they don't know them. And it's all about how connected we are to our meaning. And I, and someone said a couple years ago, uh, an acquaintance of mine said, caring is one of the hardest things to do, one of the scariest things to do, and one of the most courageous things to do. And I thought a lot about that, and I realized, you know, it's so true. I mean, because it's so easy to walk around and just say, you know, I don't care. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. That doesn't mean anything, blah, blah, blah. And just totally disconnect yourself and just basically try to numb yourself out and be a robot and, and take some pills to feel better and whatever. But to care, to feel, to, to have things matter to you, 
that's hard because when you care, when you have emotion, it's energy in motion and you want to do something. You know, you, you know, and I think sometimes people, I mean, especially in North American culture, they let emotion defeat them. They use the word depressed. You know, they say, I'm depressed. And it's like, okay, but maybe you're depressed because you're taking all of that and you're just turning it inward and you're not doing anything with it. At a certain point, you know, I, I can tell you this, you know, I was bullied in high school. Part of the thing that got me to get really good grades and started getting me to succeed in film was because I wanted to prove everybody wrong. I was angry, but I had emotion. And, and I'm not saying it was driven from the best place, but it was driven. And I could have turned that inward and I could have got depressed or I could have put it outward and done something with it. And I think that we are powerful machines with emotion. And this could be in writing, it could be in acting, it could be in filmmaking, but it's about... You know, I think our emotions are this, like, fuel source, this energy source. And although misguided sometimes, these practical skills we're talking about, like using fantasy, can help you motivate yourself to get off the couch. Like, for example, if I just sit on this couch and I imagine myself that if I just, you know, if I just do this one thing I'm scared of today, that I'll win a million dollars or I'll get a million dollars for it. And I just imagine what it would be, getting the check, putting it at my bank, you know, all that stuff. And that emotion that I could feel, if I can generate that emotion, will get me off my ass and do the work. And the fear that I feel about doing this thing just goes away. Because right now, what's really controlling me to be on the couch is so much fear to do this thing that the fear is actually motivating me to sit on the couch. Right? Yeah. So I think... Um, I, I think this relates to everything, acting, writing, directing, whatever, any art, you know, because yeah. we need to start to learn how to handle our emotions and we can do that with practical practices. Yes. Like and this. you know what? Yeah. And, and I think again, we've talked about this before, but thinking about it makes it impossible. You know, that, that was something, I don't remember where I heard that because that's definitely not something original for me. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about it makes it Thinking impossible. about it makes it impossible. Uh, any sort of undertaking or thing that you really want to do, thinking about it makes it impossible. And there's a, both a practical and a sort of a, a, a deeper sort of interpretation of what that means. I mean, yes, on a purely, on a purely like sort of simple literal version. Yeah. If you're just thinking about something, then it's not going to get done simply by thinking about something that's just mm -hmm. not how that's just not how the world and the universe works <laughs> no despite what the secret might want you to think yeah. um and also uh the if you get too caught up in thinking about the undertaking of what it's going to, to take to get to that thing if you just get caught up in there it becomes more and more difficult yeah because you get caught up in the whole picture of it when all you need to do is start with that simple practice of, of working towards it. Well, you know, here's a taking great, the next yes, step. And I totally agree with you. Cause, uh, you know, going to the gym, for example, if you're sitting on the couch and you're watching TV and you're going, okay, it's time I should go to the gym and you start thinking, but then I got to put all my gear together and then I got to get in the car and it's cold and I got to drive over to the gym and then I really need to, you know, I really want to do this thing today. And you start thinking about all that crap. You know what I mean? You're not going to go to the gym. What you need to do is you need to go, okay, I need to go to the gym right now. What's the first thing I need to do right now? Grab my shoes. 
Grab my shoes. Okay, great. Got my shoes. Let's make, and then just do the next thing. Do the next thing. Do the next thing. Be more in the moment. Just get it done. It's not about if you're going to the gym or not. Stop having that conversation, that thought. Start doing an action. The moment you start grabbing your shoes, you might think about it as you're grabbing your shoes, but you're in motion. You're in action. And like, I think um, you're not even in the game until you're out of neutral. So like, you got to get yourself into first gear. Like you're not even playing until you're in first gear. Like, you know, it's uh, like people who talk about, oh, I, you know, I want to write a script or I want to, you know, I want to get this story made or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, where's your script? They don't even have a script then. They're not writing. They're not doing anything. It's like, you're not in the game. You're not playing. You know, let's come up with a concept. Do something right now. Like, get it done. Like, you know, I actually, uh, I, I helped a guy make a film in one day. We went from concept to completion in a single day. We, you know, and we just did it as an exercise, you know, 24 hour film festival, whatever. It yeah. doesn't matter. But I it did wasn't, one of those. Yeah. But it wasn't even 24 hour film festival. I'm like, let's just do this from scratch, you know, from the beginning. But once I got him in motion and, and then he got other people in motion, everybody was going and things happened. You know? So I, I agree. Like thinking just gets in your way a lot of the yeah. time. You got to like think when you're acting, but don't think when you're in neutral. It's useless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. and it just goes to show it's like. Look what happens when you decide to do when you when you decide mm-hmm. when you choose to do it. Well, no, and a decision and, and, it, and a decision is only made once you start acting. Yeah, a decision is not made. Oh, I'm gonna do that. No, you haven't made a decision. You haven't made a decision until you actually take an action to start doing the thing you decide to do. Until then, it's not a decision. And that's an important distinction exactly. to make. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you've got to you've got to turn it into some sort of a tangible action. And, and again, I'm going to, I'm just going to say like, make it, make it something that you can do, make it something like start, but start somewhere Mm -hmm. and really, and really do it. Like really do it. Like, again, you don't have to make it something that's earth shattering. Like, you know, no one's saying write the next you know, the, the next great American novel, <laughs> no. like right now, Yeah. you know, but the great, the next great American novel starts with, you know, the first line. Yeah. You gotta have something written. You know, get it. Just, just, yeah, you've got to get, just get it rolling because always, always, always I've found with any sort of thing that you take on that the most difficult thing, like the most difficult thing about writing for me, like is, is actually sitting down to do it yeah that's the most challenging part but i've made that easier for myself you know like i've just found a way to to make that in a kind of an easy discipline well you know one thing that can for people who just want to write i mean one thing i can say for sure is sit down and write something just write a sentence i don't even care first thing comes to your mind it's like I don't know what to say. You know, you'll yeah. get tired of writing, I don't know what to say. You'll start being more crafty later. But don't worry. Just write something. Because the moment you're in action, you're sitting down, you're actually physically writing. Okay. Now we're in this. Right? All the time you're sitting on the couch thinking about writing or doing this other thing, thinking about it, is all just like fluff. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I think that that's... I think that's like, you know, you, you touched on something and, and I am by no means a psychologist or, <laughs> or certified <laughs> no in any way, but <laughs> I, I do know that like, you know, you were talking about depression yeah and you know, and I've, and I've gone through bouts of depression in my life and, and I know that 
though in those times I wasn't really doing anything that was like working me towards the things that I wanted in my life. No. You know, and I was just caught in this thing where I felt powerless to do anything about it and like I couldn't do anything about it. And it's like, well, that's where sometimes doing these small actions can have such an incredible impact. You know, it's like if you want to be more like like this, if you want to do this in your life or you just want to gen I whatever it is that you want for your life, there is some little thing that you can do to start working towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I, I, I've been depressed myself. I mean, I've experienced that before and it's, you know, and if anyone is listening to this and they're like, you don't understand, it's difficult. I, I get it. I mean, it is, it's, it is, it's really, when you're in it, it's really hard to get out and people can be like the most motivatable, mo- motivative or motivated talkers and motivate you and try to do all this stuff, but it just nothing really lands. I mean, uh, you know, I have come back out of it and I actually, I feel like I've, I've kind of slipped into it twice in my life before, you know, and it's usually around some kind of traumatic event or something really big happens that kind of rocks my world. And then I'll send it, you know, and you're just kind of, Whoa, I don't know where I am. Right. But I'd say there's a lot of time I wasted being depressed and I look back at it now. I go, ah, man, I wish I could have just got it a little sooner. But I'd say the moment I started really getting out of it was when I just started to say, okay, I feel this way, but I'm going to just go do this thing anyway. I'm just going to go do this thing. I'm just going to go do this thing. I'm just going to do this thing. And it's going to suck. It's going to suck. It's going to suck. And then eventually you're going to start to realize, Hey, I feel pretty good. I've been working out a lot now. You know, Hey, I feel pretty good. I've been doing this a lot. Hey, I've been eating better. Like, you know, just you, there's certain things like even when you're depressed, you know, are good for you. Just do the things you know are good for you. Just do those. Right. Cause like, I mean, I think what happens when people get depressed, they go, they eat crappy food. They stay up all night. What else do they do? I mean, they don't socialize. Yeah. They just do all these things that perpetuate it. Right. Yeah. They sleep in super late, yeah. you know, they, yeah, like it's, and, and this is not any kind of, kind of a judgment that's going no. on here. It's, this is, this is personal experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, you know, and I think, um, I think actually, uh, you if you care about, <laughs> if you care about something enough, then you definitely run the risk of being depressed at some point in your life. Because, you know, I think that you're going to, at some point, experience some of the reality of the world and it's not going to work out the way you want it to work out. And, and maybe you dodge that bullet, but for the most part, I mean, I, you know, for example, you know, Billy Joel, right? He, uh, his, his girlfriend left him. He didn't have any money. He was sleeping in like a laundromat. You know what I mean? And he was super depressed and he was thinking, I'll never meet a woman that beautiful. I'll never make anything of myself. And then he's Billy Joel and he's like dating a supermodel or at least, I don't know if he married her or whatever. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, but anyway, I mean, the thing is, is like, he, his point was like, he basically hit a point where he's like, okay, well, either this is my life or I either do something about it. And I think that greatness is born from a wreckage. It's, it's often that from these, like, if you're depressed right now, I would just start looking at it as like, this is awesome. Now that I'm here, now it's only upward. It's only towards greatness. Or you give in to where you're at and you just give up. But if you look at it as like, you know, now that I've experienced this, I know the depths of where I can be. You know, 
when you get out of it, you'll never go back. You'll never want to go back. You, you know, you'll, and I think like the second time I kind of like had a little bit of a depression type of situation, it was kind of like I had been in it before and I had climbed out of it. So the second time is like, I knew I could. And I think sometimes like, and I've heard of people, they can get in like chronic depression where they're just depressed for like a decade or like decades, you know, they're just stuck in it forever. But I think never base your past on your future. Like that could all change today. That could all just change yeah. right now. You know, just because you've been doing it for 20 years doesn't mean you have to do it for another 20. It doesn't mean you're stuck in it. Actually, nothing of the past means anything other than what you learned from it. You can literally just decide and change everything right yeah. now. Yeah. And how you choose to perceive it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I mean, let's wrap it up. We'll figure out some, maybe some final notes. You got any ideas? Some final notes. Well, in terms of what I've taken from today. Okay. Um, I, 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 I mean, I feel like we're just circling back. It's it, but it's, yeah, it's, it's make something a practice and make it your own. Make it your own practice. As long as you, as long as you keep doing it, as long as you keep working at it, because that's going to get other things in motion for you. Start with one thing. Start with one thing that you would like to change in your life to make you more the more the creative person that you want to be, and that can be in so many things. Maybe that does mean like, you know, exercising. You know, like it. it everything. Everything serves itself. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that. You know, if you if you get yourself into a practice of doing something and and you stick with it, it's just going to empower you to continue to do more and to continue to move forward and and to uh, improve yourself and to improve your work and and eventually lead you into into a path that is more positive from the one that you were in before. Mm. Okay, and I would say the, you know, my final note is do something immediately. Do something like right when this finishes, just pick something that you know is productive and will help you in any way and whatsoever towards your goal or your dream or whatever. And just do that because that will get you out of neutral, that will get you going, that will get you started. That's a real decision. And then secondly, to assist that, know that you're making this decision for you because you value yourself so much that, you know, the world can stop for you. I don't care how busy you are or your spouse wants you, your children want you, or whoever wants you right now. This, you want you. So make some time, even if it's one minute or it's five minutes or it's 10 or it's 20 or it's 30 or whatever. But just make some time right now for you and just do that thing for you and you're going to feel so good. And if you do that over and over and over again, you're going to feel so good about you because you're going to start to teach yourself that you're valuable enough that you make time for you. So that's the lesson I would leave yeah. with these practical skills. And and just to just to add on to that, it's like even if you don't feel like you're like you're of that value, still do it. Yeah. Even if you don't feel it because um something about like, you know, whatever you feel your your worth is. Whatever you feel your worth is, like your worth is inherent. Your worth your your worth is was given to you like from when you were born. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, like there's no, you're n- no more or less worthy than anybody else. That's another thing that I've, I've taken from this. You're, you're no more or less worthy than anybody else on this planet. 
So it's how are you going to decide to treat yourself? Yeah. And how are you going to express that? And how are you going to express that into a practice? It's time that you take to do these things. Yeah. Great. All right. I like this one. Me too. Till next time. Till next time. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.